0: yo what up welcome to another episode of the oakland warriors podcast i'm patrick and today i am joined by my friend mike pasquale what's up mike
1: hey what's up everybody uh
0: so mike is i've talked about this uh group text that i'm on that i've been on for like five years now and a bunch of people on that group texts have been on this show. And Mike is the latest one. Uh, glad to have him on here. Uh, this is actually the first time I'm talking to Mike in real life. We were always texting back and forth. I like his takes on the Warriors. Uh, but I always ask people the first time they're on, like, what's your uh, Warriors fandom uh, background? Like, when did you become a fan? And let's say, what's your what's your earliest memory?
1: Uh, I would say my kind of origin story is um, growing up, I used to always be like a baseball fan. But right around when we drafted Weber is when I kind of started following the Warriors a little more and more. Uh, That first season we had, him was kind of like when I started switching off to like following basketball. And um, my first kind of Warriors memory (laughs) was that uh, Chris Weber, like behind the back, you know, um, dunk over um, Barkley. Yeah. And that's like, that's really what kind of like drove me to just become a total like, fanatic Uh, that following season, you know, um, there was like high expectations. We had Weber, everyone was excited. Like Tim Hardaway was going to be coming back. He was supposed to complete the puzzle and we were going to, you know, make a run for the championship. (laughs) And then unfortunately we all know kind of how that ended up. Um, Yeah. But yeah, ever since that season, I think it was, uh, was it like 94, 95, right around there. I just um, pretty much just watched every game growing up all throughout high school Uh, Kind of fell off a little bit during college and then, you know, through those dark years. And then We Believe, of course, is also one of the biggest memories. That's probably the best game I've ever been to. I went to that game three over at Oracle. And uh, yeah, I could never forget that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you started kind of with Weber. And then, so you experienced the highs and then the heartbreak like right away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It was like half a season of highs. And then, you know, um, however many years later, 15 years of heartbreak. All right. All right. Cool. Cool.
0: So I want to talk to you about Draymond Green. Uh, this whole thing, I mean, there's, there's just so much. There's nothing going on in the NBA right now, really. And this Draymond thing, it's, it's just hanging over the Warriors in, uh, in a weird way. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think Warriors fans hate Draymond Green now?
1: I think hate's a strong word. You can't really hate <laughs> someone who's was a crucial part of four championships. Uh, I think they're maybe tired of his uh of his act. That's yeah, maybe a better yeah. way, way to put it, but I think he's definitely wearing his uh, wearing starting to wear out his welcome a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, well, we
0: got him for four more years at least, unless <laughs> he gets traded, or unless uh, Steph, his, uh, his security blanket, uh, <laughs> decides he doesn't want him around anymore. But it's funny, man. Like, I was uh, on Twitter a bunch and uh, just reading stuff. And, like, man, I really think, I, I think, you know, in all my time doing this podcast, I'm not that active on Twitter, although, uh, you know, there's a handful of people that I love interacting with. Um, I think there's three types of Warriors fans. Warriors fans who are not on Twitter, Warriors fans who are on Twitter, and then Warriors Twitter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, to be a Warriors fan on Twitter is totally different from Warriors Twitter, right? Uh, Because, like, it is such a... I mean, Twitter has social media. We we know how all that stuff goes. But, like, it is such a, a fascinating place where people really define their identities, it seems like, by... Um, you know their their Twitter clout, Warriors clout, NBA clout, and whatnot. But, you know, getting getting away from all that knee jerk reaction type stuff. I mean, what what is your impression of Draymond right now, and you know where this is all going? Uh, for those who didn't know like he again talked about the Jordan Poole punch thing he talked about like you know he hinted at things that Jordan Poole was saying and that it wasn't an instantaneous thing it was like building up without actually saying what Jordan Poole was saying and then uh i don't know what what you got
1: well my only thing is like why bring it up right it's like Jordan Poole got traded you got your new contract for more years you know you got what you wanted basically the guy is gone. There's no reason to like rehash like all this old stuff um, unless he's kind of trying to defend himself. That's kind of like what I'm, what I'm thinking. Like, like you don't bring something up, bad things up unless you're trying to like clear your name or something. Right. Like there's no real benefit to Draymond green, bringing this stuff up um, unless he just wants, you know, clickbait or something. Um, so like, the only thing that makes sense to me, I don't even, I have no idea if this is true is if he feels like he was in the right for punching Jordan Poole. Like Jordan Poole was talking smack about, I'm just like throwing something out there that, um, you know, might be the case, but like nothing, you know, sourced or anything, but like Jordan Poole was like talking about my mom, blah, 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 blah. And it just kind of like, I couldn't take it anymore. And then he's like, said one last thing about my mom, and I just had to, like, punch him in the face. It's, like, he's trying to... I feel like Jordan... Draymond uh, Green is... But he doesn't want to be the one to say it, right? He doesn't want to be, like, hey, Jordan Poole said this. He kind of, like, wants Jordan Poole to kind of, like, bait him into, like, saying, like, hey, you said something really bad about me. You know, let's... Why don't you tell tell the world what she said? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which to me kind of makes sense, because it's, like, Jordan Poole hasn't really said anything about it. Mm-hmm. So... know when you don't talk about something there's two reasons it's either you were in the wrong or you're just like what he's trying to portray which is like i'm being the mature adult here and like i don't need to say anything else um Mm -hmm. so it really could be anything but it's just more of an irritation to me because it's like now we're talking about it again uh you know it's like we can't i just want to move on and like he's basically just like keeps bringing everybody back to it um But the one thing that kind of like outside of the whole Jordan Poole thing, the thing that actually did catch my attention even more um, during that kind of like Pat Beverly podcast was he kind of like mentioned that he doesn't have a relationship with Jonathan Kaminga, And that to me is like even more alarming. It's like I thought that was supposed to be like the guy you're grooming and yet you have no relationship with him. And so it's like to me, it's like, if you, I don't know. He's supposed to be kind of like the, the mature one in the room, kind of supposed to be the leader, trying to be the vet, teaching the young guys the ropes. And he's kind of like saying one thing when doing another.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, gosh, I've, I've taken a break from, you know, putting out like podcast episodes because I was doing them so often, like game by game and then some, and I just needed a break. Right. And I, I wasted so much breath in the last 10 months or whatever, uh, nine months about Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, this whole thing, you know? And I've said, I'm glad Jordan Poole's gone. Like, I did not like him uh, as a player. I had seen potential. When you see him, there's one game he had, like, 11 assists. I was like, okay, okay, here we go. This mm-hmm. is this is who he could be. Um, but the, the the falling down, the no defense, the thing I couldn't stand was, like, the heat check threes uh with 20 seconds on the shot clock the uh playing to the crowd right yeah pool party i'm so glad i don't have to hear pool party anymore to be honest because uh it was like pool party on one end and no defense on the other and that was always always where, like you know what i mean i get it fans love like you know the the big three-point shot and He's fun, you know, like in any uh yeah. he dances. Steph dances. Steph is like one of the all-time greats, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm good with that. But like and and Steph has always tried to play defense, you know, even yeah. when Mark Mark Jackson wouldn't let him play against point guards. He wanted to guard point guard, took it as a challenge. Jordan Poole, nope. So, you know, he's 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 gone. I was I was happy about that. I don't dislike him, I don't know him personally, whatever, but just I did not like watching his his game. Uh, But I take his side in this Draymond thing uh, ever since. And again, not trying to rehash the whole season, but it's like, you know, there's been way too many times where I feel like Draymond addresses this and he acts like, you know, I mean, you said it. Like, I think he is trying to, in a way, justify it. And the more he talks about it, the more it's going to come out that he's justifying it because the Warriors, Steph, Kerr, uh, Dunleavy, they chose him. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you remember the beginning of last season, after he punched him, it was like uh Wiggins and Poole got their contracts and then Draymond didn't. And it was like, is Draymond, you know, can someone show that Draymond is not needed anymore? Season went to hell. You need Draymond. Of course, Steph wants Draymond. So he stays. And now we get him for four more years and don't get me wrong. Like I don't like, you know, like there's this thing, right? Like, Some people think if you're critical of Draymond, you're not uh, a real Warriors fan, right? And I find that to be really sophomoric and really just, like, stupid uh, because, you know, if you're blindly supporting somebody uh, for off-the-court stuff just because he plays for your favorite team, then, like, I've I've never been into that. that, That's silly. Uh, So right now, like, I'm just – I'm flustered with the dude because – I, I I've said this I think before. Uh, to me, he's gone from being this lovable underdog, like our guy, who is funny and brash, who is now more of a kind of an obnoxious uh, front runner. You know what I mean? He's friends with Draymond. <laughs> Steph has his back. Uh, he's on TNT. He's uh, got his podcast. Like he is one of the cool kids. You know what I mean? And he's punching down. On younger guys who are just trying to make their way, and like if and like and then literally punching down at somebody who you know uh talks back to one of the biggest <laughs> trash talkers in the league, so uh I get it, I get it, you know Draymond's trying to say like there was something that was said, but like yeah, no excuse say though, it, I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you can say it, say it right, and like and all this stuff about like, oh yeah, you know, sports people getting fights on you know like whatever draymond is like in his early mid-30s you know like he is uh, supposed to be a leader of this team you can't be selectively a leader like that right because you said it yourself yeah. he's cost the warriors several things he's given the warriors a lot right like you know his, his, the titles where right? he's critical to those things but he's also critical to like some of you know <laughs> the, the 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 more painful uh parts of this dynasty right losing in 2016 even though he played yeah. great in game seven I mean the uh, the the LeBron like swipe, which I, I still think it was not like uh, a suspendable offense, but I know it was the the flagrant. But um, yeah. you know, so that's a whole nother lobbying, yes. LeBron mm-hmm. lobbying for uh, with Kiki Vandeweghe. But um, yeah, like I'll pull for him like crazy as I always do on the court, but off the court, man, I just I just can't I can't listen to him talk about this anymore. And I get it, that Beverly brings him on the podcast can ask him about it. It's ratings, right? But man, just I don't know. It's it's like it, it's, it's frustrating stuff, man. You know.
1: Yeah, it's a classic case to me of uh, you know winning cures all. Uh, you know, as long, as long as Steph's on, you know, as, as long as Steph has it back, as long as the Warriors believe that he's you know instrumental to the core of continuing to pursue winning a championship, it's like they're gonna basically just deal with his personality and all that stuff yeah
0: yeah absolutely and that's why like when he he signed for uh four years 100 million um i was like cool you know i was like great (laughs) because yes i i know we all know that the warriors need him to make any kind of uh, run at the finals to go deep in the playoffs, be a contender and whatnot. doesn't mean that we have to love everything. Now, yeah. all the chatter that goes on outside, like, ready, right? he, like, he's, he's clapping back at Jordan Poole's dad. You know? And I'm just like, what? This is, this is so, this is my, we're getting into the really, really, really like dumb periods of the off season. And, uh, you know, I mean uh, maybe not as dumb yet as like when he accidentally did, uh, put out a uh like something like a a photo of his junk on snapchat way back in the day uh, <laughs>
1: okay, that one. <laughs> yeah. but
0: you know he helped us get KD and he helped us get rid of KD. i guess so you know it is comes with the with the territory but um yeah i love watching him play i just uh, at this point oh. i don't i don't really enjoy hearing him talk he just he seems like he's uh uh uh, plays the victim in this and he's like in, infallible you know what i mean uh
1: yeah, he, he kind of reminds a me a player. lot of
0: like rodman back in the day <laughs> yeah you know, but like, at least rodman didn't talk like he like he uh, uh
1: not so much of yeah, like the well rodman talked but it was more of the like just team distraction like rodman would like just from what i've heard just you know not show up to practice for like two weeks and like be in vegas or whatever um right but just like kind of the fact that he was a the, he was a distraction to the team but when he did play he made such a contribution to them winning and that like everyone was just kind of like willing to look the other way
0: yeah yeah i mean you know i was i was in chicago for the uh for the threepeat the second threepeat and, you know, the thing about Rodman was like, everybody's like, oh, signing Dennis Rodman and all the history with the Pistons and Scottie Pippen and, you know, him knocking Pippen <laughs> during the playoffs and all this stuff, all the bad blood. But the thing was, was like he fell in line because Michael Jordan was there and, um, you know, he kicked the cameraman once on the sideline. I remember that. And he did all this other stuff. Through his, you know, get ejected through his jersey in the stands, all that jazz. But like at the end of the day, he was always going to fall in line. And you know, um, I feel like at the end of the day, Draymond's going to do what he's going to do. You know, like he's he, he's cost the Warriors big games and then regular season games, little games, whatever. But uh, you know, and when it comes to like the whole pool thing, where it's like if you if pool was like mouthing off about something consistently where's the leadership in like Steph pulling him aside or Kerr or somebody being like, yo, don't talk that or a good dollar or something like that. I don't know. It's all conjecture. I'm not in the locker room. I don't know these folks. Um, but like, why do you got to let it get to that point? You know what I mean? And yeah, again, I've, I've said my theory, which is like, he was just so handcuffed by whatever pool said, like he didn't have a good enough comeback. And I mean, you look at that clip, man, he's surrounded by like, I don't know, Baldwin, Rollins, like just a bunch of kids. And so instinctually he's just saving face and he, he, uh, he was backed into a corner when you're backed into a corner, you just, you lash out and he had nothing to say. And he just lashed out with his fist, you know, not excusable at all. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's garbage, but, um, you know, I I don't know, whatever. That's just, uh, again, completely 100% uh, conjecture. I just want the season to start. So they're not talking about this anymore. Although I think, uh, i I guess it'd be foolish to think it's not going
1: to get talked about, you know, uh, yeah, but I mean, we're uh, still going to play Washington, you know, what, twice a year. <laughs> it's going to yeah. come up every time yeah man and you
0: know those photos of like pool like the uh, in the washington wizards uniform and when people like compare them to the warriors like uh, media day uniform stuff where like he's happy and then in the wizards uniform he's just like he looks he looks like he just got back from world war one you know like that thousand yard stare you know the shell shocked. but but also also i will say uh, preseason media day photos are 100% different from like, you just got traded. This is your first time in DC. Let's put you in a uniform, uh, ham it up. You know what I mean? Try to try to act like you're happy to be here. So,
1: (laughs) uh, but, uh, I don't know. That's, uh, that's, are you going to miss Jordan pool? No, not at all. I was very frustrated with him by the end. It's just like, I couldn't stand his whole act. The way he's just like complaining to the refs and, yeah. all that like i just like no sympathy for the guy
0: yeah yeah i mean uh and that's the thing i could never figure out like why can't anyone get him to listen and play play defense and also i was frustrated by the fact that he seemingly had such a long leash compared to guys like uh kaminga let alone moody who couldn't even get on the court you know what i mean Um, granted with steph out for stretches and clay needing rest you have to play pool Right. But like, um, it was like, oh, let me dribble off my forehead a couple times, <laughs> uh, and then complain about getting fouled and all that stuff. So, you know, uh anyway, I'm <laughs> oh man, Draymond. Are you a Warriors fan who's also a San Francisco Giants fan like me? Then this message is for you. What will the Giants do with the trade deadline? Can they make a deep postseason run? Could Patrick Bailey be the next Buster Posey? These are the questions that keep Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzoni awake at night. And twice a week, they voice their thoughts on these matters and more as hosts of Giants Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Brian and Doug are bloggers who've been on the Giants beat for a decade. And every Monday and Thursday, they assess the state of the roster, the thinking behind the front office's decisions, and the quality of the farm system. It's a comprehensive look at the orange and black. Giants Croncast, the first, best, and only podcast you'll need about the San Francisco Giants, right here on Fans First Sports Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. Let me ask you this. I I just want to, for fun, you know, the the two timelines thing. Um, You know, everybody says, oh, thank God it's over. It's gone. Didn't work. I will posit the fact that it, it, it kind of worked. It worked. They got a title, <laughs> you know. They got a title with uh, three lottery picks on the roster, and uh, you know, Wiseman didn't play yeah. that year.
1: But none of them. But really it played. worked.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, uh, I, I personally think it worked until I'm on record saying I was, you know, looking forward to seeing the young guys play at the beginning of last season. And I thought they were going to make a bit of a leap because uh, sometimes, you know, when, when, when guys make deep finals runs uh, and get the taste of the playoffs that they kind of come back like with a little bit more, uh, with a be- you know, a little bit more confidence and their games mm-hmm. are, are stronger. Right. But then I realized like, uh, I guess, you know, Kaminga and uh, Moody, they weren't, as critical they weren't like you know the main guys or even like secondary guys, so they didn't maybe have that time. And then Wiseman did play at all. But I think the mistake was, again, you know, get draft drafting using their two draft picks last uh, last off season, and then you just all of a sudden went super young, and then you have like I remember watching a game early in the season. Andre was injured. And then it was just like the bench was like Rollins, PBJ, Kaminga, Wiseman and Moses Moody. And I was like, oh, there's there's a there's like a like a a void of of experience (laughs) on that bench. You know, like you need the like the bench to settle things. And they're not they're not even settled themselves. So I don't know.
1: I think it worked in 2021, 22, because you had, you know, you had Otto Porter Jr. You had B-Elite. So you had a couple of veterans that you knew you could count on
0: um
1: and that kind of like took a little bit off of the shoulders of you know some of the young guys but then going into last season there was kind of more like you said more of that hope that some of the young guys would step up and then um like Jermichael green didn't really work out um basically the vets that they did sign last year i mean divincenzo was okay but in general, like the vets that they signed last year kind of like really didn't work out where they didn't have those vets to kind of like fill the void of like some of the inexperience of the young guys. And then that meant that the young guys needed to step up, have more pressure for them to step up, and they just weren't ready. And I think that's kind of where the two timelines thing fell apart. It's like they had they had the they had the veteran corps, they had like the young corps but they didn't have like that kind of medium, like in the middle kind of like people Mm -hmm. to kind of bridge that gap. It was either one or the other.
0: And that's kind of like, I feel
1: like where they kind of lost it. Yeah. And you make a good point. Like, it's like when you're
0: so top heavy on the salary, you're trying to get like veteran minimums or guys to take part of the mid-level, like DiVincenzo did. It's like, it's a hit or miss, right? (laughs) Like it's like they (laughs) hit on Bielitsa at least enough and then, um, of course, they hit on Gary Payton, even though Stefan Draymond wanted Avery Bradley instead. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously they hit on Otto Porter Jr. staying healthy as well. But to Michael Green, you know, they they took a shot, mm-hmm. and it wasn't it wasn't good enough. Uh, DiVincenzo, he was. Great at times in the regular season. And then I think he faltered once Peyton came back. And I think like, you know, that kind of threw him off for the playoffs. He just wasn't as consistent uh, or as strong. Um, and, you know, uh, I think like, you know, when people disparage the two timelines thing, they use it as a derogatory term. I think it's it's fair to remember that uh, it it worked and they won the title, you know. They maybe had a little bit of Ubris and went too far in. I think you can't blame them, you know what I mean? There's there's folks claiming they knew Wiseman wasn't going to be good, but it's like, dude, there's no way. There's no way Lake was going to move him without seeing what he had uh, in that respect. I will say, though, um, you know, I've always been like a, a Wiseman supporter. Like, I just – I think the kid had like a really tough start to his career uh, starting at Memphis, you know, and only playing three games and then not playing at all and all that stuff. Well-reported, well-talked about and he just doesn't have enough experience and minutes under his belt. And he's suffering from that now because now he's on a team where there's other centers uh, in Detroit and he still hasn't had enough minutes. So his game hasn't developed and it's, it's just unfortunate. But I also think it's, it's too bad because if he was able to come back from that meniscus when we all thought he was in the title season, there would have been far less pressure on him to like be that guy to justify the uh, the number two pick with Bielitza with Otto Porter Jr. You know what I mean, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, all right, all young guys, second year <laughs> guys, uh, and then Wiseman, and then you know you're on the spot. By the way, you just watched you know one of the leaders of the team punch out somebody <laughs> <laughs> that you probably get along with. You know what I mean? So uh, you know I, I always you know there's a bajillion what ifs. Uh, in in sports and in basketball. Um, let me ask you, like, uh, why do you think, <laughs> again, this is an off-season topic, like, wh- why do you think uh, people punch down on Wiseman so much? Why do you think they hate this kid so much?
1: It's just the expectation. You know, he was supposed to be the missing piece that, you know, we've always wanted that kind of like skilled seven-footer who can, you know, rebound, block shots, kind of like, do all those little things that looney was doing but kind of as a more complete player and he just really either didn't have enough time to develop into that or was just like not willing to take on that role um kind of like hearing a lot of like the stuff that happened after the trade it kind of sounded like he just wasn't necessarily willing to take on that role or or maybe just didn't have the basketball iq to to take the Mm -hmm. role on um Basketball wise, you know, I've heard a lot about him. Just like not being able to like make the reads fast enough, um, kind of like the ball kind of like sticking when it got to him. He kind of seemed like a throw it down into the post, and you know, you kind of like take the ball and you know do what you want with it type of player. And he also yeah. don't kind of like seem like he. I don't think the problem with Wiseman is I don't think he knows what he wants to be because sometimes he you know looks like he wants to be like uh, more of a Giannis where he's like grabbing the rebound and like taking it down the court and like possibly shooting threes uh, other times it's like well we really just want you to be a dunker and you know play defense um, mm-hmm. but I think one of the things I really I was always a Wiseman supporter I kind of still am like I still want the kid to do good um, but one of the things that kind of turned me off from him was I forget which game but I'm Pretty sure it was like highly reported where he kind of was like throwing his arms up because like Steph wasn't passing him the ball. Or- right, right. <laughs> like, like you definitely don't know your role on this team if you're complaining that you're not getting the ball. Yeah, like from Steph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that that's a,
0: a bad look, bad optics, and <laughs> and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, in a way, he doesn't know what he wants to be or can be because he's kind of he just hasn't had the time. He hasn't had the the opportunity. Right. Like, and you know, I, I think like Detroit probably isn't the best place for him. Although, you know, it's better than the Warriors for him. And I I think it's fair to say like, he never picked up things quickly enough, but that's largely because of, because of reps, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But I do remember um, his rookie year. Like there were times where he was like flashing like big time. I remember there was like yeah. a game against the Lakers. We were just like throwing him alley oops, like it was nothing. And I was like, "Oh man, this is it. This is like going to be yeah. like the new formula." And then dude, he I heard and never basically came back. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> like there were the
0: the uh, people on Twitter like cutting like clips of him and David Robinson, like you know <laughs> running on fast breaks, like one man fast breaks, right? And then him and Giannis and all this stuff. And then as his career is gone, going right, like it's like okay, you get traded. You're no longer like the number two pick. You're some guy who uh, was a failed pick and, and is now trying to rehab his value. So it's like, now he's just becoming a strict, strict, like role player. And, you know, I mean, we'll see what it becomes. I'm pulling for the kid because maybe I'm just old and I'm like, you know, he seems like a good dude and a good kid tries hard and, um, you know, just caught some breaks, some bad breaks here and there, but, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, uh how that all pans out. <laughs> not to not to make this a James Wiseman podcast, but you know, I'll always, you know, when when people say like, oh man, that's that's in the past. That's old. It's like, excuse me, part of being like a fan, a longtime fan, <laughs> a diehard fan, is all those memories, all those what ifs, <laughs> all those like, you know, kind of uh rejiggering things in your mind right like i think about the weber thing all the time uh well maybe not all the time but pretty often right and so when when somebody brings it up it's like oh i got opinions and we're not you know like <laughs> i think yeah, I'm was something way. on the group text you know it's like uh like i'm i was totally on on weber's side of that thing right and you're not gonna convince me otherwise but like you know and and to me like this Wiseman thing is going to be one of those down the road, just like, you know, uh, drafting Todd Fuller instead of uh, uh, instead of Kobe, Kobe? or O'Donnell instead of Tracy McGrady. You know what I mean? Like, it's these, like, things that, as a fan, th- that, like, gets your uh, uh, emotions going. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, to that uh, point, I'm enough, heavily but...
1: scarred with, like, players that we've traded. Uh, I think there was, like, Woo! a period... That like basically a bunch of players that we traded, you know, like late, late '90s, early 2000s, like all of them became all stars. And like, there was what yeah. Gugliotta, what uh, Gatling, Tim Marway became an all star again after he left. And I was just like, man, everyone yeah. that leaves the Warriors, it's like, why do we get rid of them? Exactly. Sometimes it's just the fit,
0: though. I mean, I mean, everything in the '90s was was poor management. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's not fit, right? Like it's like uh, you pick Weber over Nelson. Uh, you, you pick uh Hardaway over, or you pick Spreewell over Hardaway. I mean, I like Spreewell until you know, whatever. Um, and then you, you know, Bimbo Coles and Mookie Playlock, Terry <laughs> Cummings, Chris Mills like, hey, good character guys, you know, whatever, you know. Um, well, I think Mookie Playlock went to jail or something, but you know, uh, the, the one of the toughest ones for me was uh. Something that was out of the Warriors' control, I guess, was the Gilbert Arenas thing. Uh, yeah, but, that one uh, it. that's that's a whole <laughs> that, that, that's a whole another uh, thing. So that's why, you know, uh, Wiseman will always be a topic, no matter how he pans out. If he pans out awesome, then it's like, well, there we go. But if he flames out, then it's like everybody can say like, oh, I wanted Halliburton instead. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, I, I was into Halliburton, but I was all. all I'll say I was into a uh, uh, draft Edwards or Wiseman, you know what I mean? And um, you know, but that's a whole nother, <laughs> other uh, uh, topic, but um, cool, man. Anything else you got? Anything else you want to talk about?
1: No, I think uh, that should do it. At least this one. Cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: uh, thank you once again, Mike, for uh, coming on to the show. Uh, I'm going to have you back on for sure. At some point once there's something interesting (laughs) to talk about. (laughs) Again, thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me on. All
0: right, well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful.